first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Ethan Person from Florida, and today we'll be talking with Marlene Sharp, the CEO of Pink Poodle Productions, actor Jake Harowitz, and Sierra McGormick from The Vast of Night, and actors Milo Mannheim and Meg Donnelly from Zombies 2. First, let's hear from Callista, who will be interviewing Marlene Sharp, the CEO of Pink Poodle Productions. Hey there, my name is Calista Best, reporting for Kids First, age 16, and today I'm here with Marlene Sharp, who is a actress, a writer, a producer. She's done so many things, but she's best known for her work at Sega, the company that has created Sonic the Hedgehog, which is one of my favorite video game series. So I'm incredibly excited for this. How are you doing today, Marlene? I'm doing great. It's nice to meet you. Great to talk to you. Yeah, of course. So to start things off, as I have just mentioned, you worked with Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, what is that like? Because it's such like a big franchise in pop culture, and it's just in general one of the biggest gaming franchises. Yes, it was a very exciting two and a half years that I spent at the Sega office in Burbank. So I learned a lot there. It was my first time working at a video game company, and such a, a big face intellectual property. There were a lot of a lot of things to learn about the brand, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, that's great to hear because you know Sonic especially is like an incredibly like strange franchise when you really get into it because there's so many different like types of stuff that it goes into. Because Sonic is an incredibly experimental franchise. There's like just speaking yeah. as like as a fan, there's mm -hmm. like so many different types of games. Um. Yes. What would you like to see next for the series, since you have experience working with specifically Sonic Boom? Yes. Um, well, since I, I don't work at Sega anymore, but I do keep in touch with my colleagues. Uh, so, several of the folks who were there when I was there are, are still there. And mm -hmm. um, I'd love to see the movie grow as a franchise. So I hope that there are many more iterations of the movie, sequels, and so forth. And um, I have a, a very special friend who works at Sega. Her name is Jasmine. Hi, Jasmine. And I would like to see Jasmine become the queen of Sega. <laughs> <laughs> because Jasmine and I spent a lot of time together in the trenches. We worked together at a previous job. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and then I went to, I ended up going to Sega and then recruited her over uh, after we had left our previous company and it's been really great to see her professional growth and I think there are wonderful things in store for her in the future with Sonic. That's really nice to hear um, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned the movie because I saw the movie with my friends and we were all like this was so amazing and we were so excited especially with that little sequel hook which particularly <laughs> excited me. Did you watch the Sonic movie? I did. Yes, I saw it. I saw it. Um, I, I liked it. I, I thought it, it was really great. And I had worked on it when I was at Sega. So this movie had been in development for a very, very long time. And yeah. 
it, it turned out beautifully. It's a really, really entertaining film. Yeah, it, it, I loved it a lot. Um, and it especially went through a lot of very infamous changes. Oh, um, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. that was a time. I, <laughs> I remember I think that ultimate, very vividly. Ultimately, the, the hype around the art style for Sonic, I think, helped the movie. I think it built awareness and made people very curious to see it. Definitely, because I remember, like, I know that for me also with my friend group, when we saw the second Sonic trailer with the redesign, we were like, oh my gosh, this is so, this is so much better. And we're like, this is, we were, then we were suddenly really excited because like, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's like, no offense, but like the second trailer was just kind of objectively better. But it definitely <laughs> was also like an interesting process because like they had announced they're going to redesign and we were kind of like, me and my friends were kind of thinking like, are they going to delay the movie? Or are they going to rush it? And but like, yeah. I'm glad it really turned out as amazing as it did. And I'm mm -hmm. glad that so many other people have had such a fun experience with it. Yes. Yes. It, 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 it turned out, I think, more spectacular than anyone ever could have imagined. So, oh, definitely. Yeah. Yes. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking with actors Jake Harowitz and Sierra McGormick from The Vast of Night and actors Milo Minham and Meg Donnelly on Zombies 2. And now we're listening to Callista's interview with Marlene Sharp, the CEO of Pink Poodle Productions. So you also um, have your own company, um, Pink Poodle mm -hmm. Productions. Yes. So what is that like running your own company? Because I know for me personally, one of my dreams is to mm -hmm. have my own production studio. So I feel like that would be nice to hear about. Yeah, well, um, to be honest, my company is what I call forced entrepreneurship. So um, the reason why I started the company was to do some of my own special projects on the side. But actually last year, uh, around this time, the, the other company that I was working for, another video game company, closed its Los Angeles offices. And so I didn't have a job anymore. And so I decided to um, put my time and effort into my company, which I, I already had the website. Um, it had been, the website ha had been established a couple of years prior. So I thought, okay, I will just put <clears throat> my personal marketing into the company and see if I can uh, take on some clients and get some, some more projects and so forth. And, and so that's what I did. So um, I, I've continued on with that for the last year. All right. And you mentioned, um, you mentioned your clients. Can you tell us a little bit yeah. about your key clients and like who comes to yeah. the production company? Absolutely. So I have, uh, I have several clients. The biggest ones are um, Rainshine Entertainment. And then Rainshine is a parent company that has about eight subsidiaries under it. Excuse me. And um, Rainshine has a kids division called Kinsane Entertainment. And so that is also, uh, I work for the grown-up side of the company and the kids side of the company. Kids side is mostly animation and games. And then the grown-up side is um, live action, dramas, comedies, game shows, and lots of other different things. So do you have any passion projects that you're currently working on or hoping to get greenlit? 
Well, there's several projects that I'm working on for my clients, advising them in various capacities, helping them with script revisions and pitching to studios for financing and distribution. Um, but my real passion is to have someone fund and distribute a series about my dog. Um, <laughs> my dog Blanche is also my soulmate, my business partner. Um, my, she, she's my roommate. She's right here. <laughs> she's the oh. mas mascot of the company. She's a, a poodle Bichon mix. So that's why that's where the poodle comes in into the title of my company yeah. poodle production. So, um, I have all kinds of show ideas for her and she, she really does have a lot of star quality. So, uh, that anything that Blanche could, could star in is a passion of mine. <laughs> It's, it's funny you mentioned uh, your dog, because um, I need to know this. Yes. Um, was your dog named after the Tennessee Williams play Streetcar Named Desire? Absolutely. And you know, it's, it. so, it's so wonderful that you nailed it. You nailed it because most people don't know that. Not, I, not that many people know the play Streetcar Named Desire. And a lot of people think that she's named after the character from Golden Girls. Oh my God. And, and the character from Golden Girls is named after Blanche Dubois in Streetcar Named Desire. So, so in a way, yes, she's named after both, but it's mostly her, her middle, her middle name is Dubois. So mm -hmm. her name Blanche Dubois Sharp. So, yeah. So uh, what advice do you have for kids who want to get into the uh, entertainment industry? Well, this might sound kind of simplified, but I really think it's important to be nice to everybody and to make as many friends as you possibly can and to treat everybody respectfully because honestly, you, you never know. You never know where life will take you and where a person will land. So somebody who, who you might not expect could end up uh, being one of your best collaborators or um, somebody who could help you in some other way or just a really good part of your support system. And um, a good example <clears throat> what happened, something that happened to me, um, there was a, a, a teacher, not at my high school, but at a, a brother's school. I went to an all-girls high school and we had a brother's school and there was um, a teacher there, an English teacher, who was known as a very good English teacher um, in New Orleans, and then he uh, he was a young man while he was teaching, and he left the school and went to American Film Institute, and he became a producer, director. He ended up winning an Academy Award, and um, he he's a very uh, accomplished accomplished entertainment industry executive, writer, director, producer today. And I know that the boys who had him as an English teacher all those years ago never would have expected that their English teacher would be on the stage winning an Oscar being the Oscar was presented to him by Matt Damon and Ben Affleck and oh wow I mean it was a it was a big huge deal so um so that that's that's a, a concrete example of you never know so it's very important to be, be nice to everybody and um have as many friends and allies as possible yeah, definitely. And I think that's also just good advice in general, because, you know, mm -hmm. I think that yeah. definitely uh, would just in general be a good thing for a lot of people. And uh, final question, 
Uh, what's your dream role? Uh, wow, my dream role. Um, definitely something that pays me actual money. <laughs> I, that, <laughs> that is very important. You would not believe how many opportunities come along for, for free, especially acting opportunities. Yeah. Um, I, could, I could work all day, every day as an actor if I wanted to donate my time. So uh, <laughs> I would love a paid role and something that I could do with Blanche. We like to uh, do mother-daughter mother things, and we have in the past. We've done a couple of web series. We've done some things for dog TV. Nothing major, but it, it's always fun because she is my furry child, and oh, I am I a, shame <laughs> I'm a shameless stage mother to my dog. So. <laughs> <laughs> I admit it. <laughs> I can't. I gotta be me. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for this interview. Thank you very much. You asked wonderful questions. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Ethan Purston, from the Sunshine State, Florida, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Llama Llama Best Summer Ever on DVD. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter hurry our auditions take place the first saturday of the month via skype help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose at kids first we believe that smart kids make smart consumers become our friend on facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice america tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Ethan Purston, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking with Marlene Sharp, the CEO of Pink Poodle Productions, and next we'll be listening to Calista's interview with Jake Harowitz from The Vast of Night. Hey there, my name is Calista Best, reporting for Kids First, age 16, and today I am here with Jake Horowitz, who plays Everett in the film The Vast of Night. How are you doing today, Jake? I am pretty good. All things considered, pretty good. Well, that's great, because you know that's probably the best we can be all right now, so... That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, um, what attracted you to work on a film like The Vast of Night? Um, I really loved the, I loved the dialogue. I loved it. To me, it was 
it was really beautifully written dialogue. It has a music to it. It has like a personality and a, a liveliness that I really liked. And um, I, I love the I love the challenge of long takes as an actor. That's like you know something that really excites you when you speak to a director who wants that, who wants to try and you know get it all in one thing. And it's just an exciting way to work. It's sort of dangerous on set. You feel the pressure. You know you really don't want to mess up five minutes into it because there's. Yeah. There's all this work that's been done. So it's just a really, it's an exciting way to, to shoot. And Andrew spoke about that stuff from the get-go. And I really, yeah, I was excited about it. Yeah, that's interesting to me. Because I definitely, um, when I watched the film, I was like, and I saw those long scenes. I was thinking, I was like, wow, I mean, this is a pretty good testament to how good of actors these people are. Because I definitely know that that can be quite a challenging feat for some people. Thank you. That means so much. Yeah, I thanks so much. I, I love the long take of, of Sierra. I was in the room when she was doing it at the Swiftboard, and it was like, oh yeah. It was like six minutes in, we were like, oh, she's she's got it. It's like, but you're like, oh, if something falls, and like the pressure is is on. But she's killer. She's amazing in that. Mm -hmm. I just previously talked to her, and I could tell that I was like, there's a lot of passion behind uh, her performance. So. Yeah. I definitely feel like this is a testament to both of your guys' performance. Oh, thanks. That means a lot. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Um, so this film is a very obvious homage to the TV show The Twilight Zone. So I was wondering, um, what's kind of your, like, history with the series? And, like, do you have you seen any episodes or, like... Yeah, I'd, I'd seen... I'd seen a bunch of episodes of The Twilight Zone before this, but it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was like my, uh, my genre of choice or whatever. I, don't, I didn't know too much about the genre of, of sci-fi and sci-fi from that era. I know more about it now after making a movie, but before I really, you know, I came in without too much knowledge about that. I mean, I'd seen Twilight episodes, like most people have just seen episodes of it. Um, but uh, as, as an actor, it feels more like a, like a naturalistic, almost like a Richard Linklater sort of walk and talk movie. Um, because, you know, you're, that's what it's like from the inside is asking this question of like, what would it really be like if something like this happened? And just, there's a lot of, a lot of talking and a lot of relationship between Everett and Faye and yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting how you, like you say you aren't really that familiar with, uh, you know, the sci-fi genre but now that you've done a full sci-fi movie, would you want to work more with sci-fi stories? Absolutely. Oh my gosh, yeah. There's so much opportunity for, for cool storytelling with them. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I, one of my favorite movies of the past few years was Arrival. Did you see Arrival? Which I thought was cool. And also about, similar to Vast of Night, about like communication and like how would we actually try and communicate with aliens if they came in. But, but yeah, I think that sci-fi is all about not knowing what's out there and that's a great story to tell that would be yeah totally yeah i definitely think there's a lot of potential there and you know i would say sci-fi is probably like my second favorite genre so i was particularly interested in this movie because of that and i definitely agree that it has a lot of story potential yeah it, it what, what what's first what's number one genre favorite uh definitely fantasy Nice. Um, nice. Which I think it's kind of funny because it's like the most like opposite genres. Yeah, like. totally, totally. <laughs> well, that, that's good. Sci-fi first. I, I mean, sci-fi second. That's fair. Mm -hmm. You were listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking 
with Merlene Sharp, the CEO of Pink Poodle Productions, with actors Milo Minham and Meg Donnelly on Zombies 2. And right now, we're listening to Callista's interview with actor Jake Harowitz from The Vast of Night. So, aside from also being a sci-fi story, uh, The Vast of Night is a period piece set in the 1950s, and, you know, that's kind of, I guess because, like, we have all this new technology that was not possible in the 50s, and you're working with a lot of older aesthetics and a lot of older equipment in terms of, like, props and stuff like that, so what was it like getting into sort of, like, the mindset of, like, a character who lived in that time period and having to work with all this ancient technology? Yeah, I think you're, I think you're really smart to bring up the technology because it was like so much of getting into the character was spending time with the actual things. Like without that, it would feel sort of disconnected. But I was lucky that Andrew, the director, and Adam and Melissa, the producers, they got me a, um, a reel-to-reel recorder for my hotel room. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, when I wasn't shooting, I could just be, I could just sort of do Everett's daily routine. I could spend time with that machine and it does bring like a different rhythm of, of talking and, you know, things were slower back. Things took more time. It's just how it, how it was. And, and also the, in to be in the uh, Everett's radio studio, I got to spend time with the, uh, you know, the, all the DJ materials, the records and putting them on and having a sort of routine about how to do it really easily and flicking the, uh, the needle off um, of the, of the record player. So yeah, spending time with the, with the machinery was really, uh, like the main way that I got into it, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, I personally think all this stuff is kind of interesting because, you know, I like history. I like um, the aesthetics of like different eras and stuff like that. So, especially the 50s, the 50s is probably one of my favorites in terms of aesthetic. And I think it's just interesting, you know, because people are always saying it's like, oh, you know, there's so much new technology and like having to actually like get into a character who has worked with you know, stuff that's outdated now, I think that's kind of interesting to sort of, like, look back and see, like, where we've got, where we've come from, and I, I don't know, I, I just think it's a really, like, interesting, uh, thing to work with, especially in terms of, like, acting as someone who was in that time period. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you, I think it's so true, and, and I would say that there's a great, um, Sierra has a great sort of bit of dialogue about when she's explaining the, like, scientific things that she's excited about in the beginning, and she's mm-hmm. like, oh, one day we're going to have little, like, TVs in our pocket and cars are going to fly and train. Yeah. And it, it was a great reminder of, like, you know, people have always been excited about technology. It's just that, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. it just was different. I mean, now we're just excited about different things. You know, we've got Elon Musk talking about making a movie on Mars with, or on the moon with Tom Cruise. You know, it's like, that's what they would be saying if they were now, but that we're always excited about technology. Yeah, it's an interesting you know, way to look back. And I think that's arguably one of the best things about period pieces is sort of, um, you know, just kind of getting like, even though it, it, it is a lot more fictional because we can't perfectly recreate it, but it is interesting to sort of like recreate that sort of like idea. I just, I find it interesting. Yeah, totally. I, I completely agree. And that was one of the draws of doing it was that, yeah, to, to work with that older stuff and technology. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, since we're on the topic of period pieces, do you have you worked with more period pieces aside from the vast of night and like what kind of eras do you want to do next um i think that the other movies that i've worked on have either been current or like uh um uh sort of like 
vague about what time period on purpose. Like they sort of feel like pre-cell phone, but they don't really talk about exactly when it is in order to just keep it sort of universal in terms of time period. Um, but I would, I mean, I would love to do like a, like an early 90s, you know, punk rock, like a, a Nirvana era. I would love Ooh. that. Um, I, I would also, uh, I would also love to do something in like Beatles, you know, time, which isn't too different, I, I guess, from this movie, but uh, it's sort of a different setting. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the future, because, well, I don't know, why not? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I sort of get where you're coming from, because I think anyone would kind of just like to sort of imagine what the future would be like. So I totally get where you're coming from there. Yeah, yeah. And um, what do you hope audiences take away from this film in terms of, you know, the theme and the message? I, I mean, I hope that, you know, it's interesting, like, being in a movie that's coming out now, because everything is so, so weird and so not like what yeah. <laughs> And, I, I, you know, to me, I guess I just hope that people get some, some sort of, like, some wonder from it and some excitement about the unknown, because you know, it's all we really have, especially now, and, and sort of Everett and Faye going on a search for, for what might be out there. I, I just hope that people get some, some joy and some wonder from that. Yeah. That's a really nice uh, sentiment. And, you know, that's a nice sentiment to end off on, because I think that's definitely one of the best things you can take away from this film. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for this interview, Jake. Thank you. It was so nice talking to you. Yeah. yeah. I had a lot of fun. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Ethan Person, from Florida, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Llama Llama Best Summer Ever on DVD. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Ethan Purston, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. 
We've been talking with Marlene Sharp, the CEO of Pink Poodle Productions, and actor Jake Harowitz from The Vast of Night. And next, we'll be listening to Callista's interview with Sierra McCormick from The Vast of Night. Hey there, my name is Callista Best, reporting for Kids First, age 16, and today I'm here with Sierra McCormick, who plays Faye in The Vast of Night. How are you doing, Sierra? I'm good. How are you? I'm good as well. So, uh, to start off, what attracted you to work on a film like The Vast of Night? Um, well, reading the script, I was really struck by the character of Faye. And, you know, characters like that for actresses don't come around all that often, unfortunately. So, just seeing that she was, you know, had all of these just, like, rich, very real qualities, and she was multifaceted and just, like, an interesting female character. And she has this wonderful arc in the film where, you know, at the beginning of the film, she's more timid and shy and maybe hesitant to assert herself in situations. Um, but by the end of it, she's uh, leading Everett on this adventure. She's telling him what to do. She's asserting herself, you know, she's, she's taking charge on this, you know, adventure that they're having. So I thought that that was really, really, it, it attracted me to the, to the script and the character because, you know, she got to have this really interesting sort of character arc in the movie. Um, and also just some of her personal qualities reminded me of my younger sister, actually. So my younger sister is much more of the inspiration for Faye, at least the way I portrayed her. So all those things kind of made me pretty excited to, to hop on board. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. And, you know, I can definitely relate because I actually do a little bit of acting myself. Oh, and, cool. you know, I know that feeling like when you uh, when you find a character and you're just like, wow, I really am interested in this character and I would really love to play her. That's yeah. really fascinating to me. It is. And, you know, it's just fun when you haven't gotten the opportunity to do something like that yet. That usually is the number one reason I like to, to take certain roles is that I haven't done anything like that yet. And that was definitely the case with The Vast of Night and Faye. I hadn't gotten to do something like that ever. So that was probably the most number one, like, big reason like, that I wanted to join and do the movie and was excited. Yeah, that's interesting. And, you know, The Vast of the Night is also a very clear homage to The Twilight Zone, arguably ah. one of the most influential shows um, from that sort of era. Mm -hmm. So do you have any experience with uh, The Twilight Zone? And if so, what's your favorite episode? Ooh, okay, so... My sister is a Twilight Zone, like, nut. Like, she's seen, like, almost all of them. <laughs> Whereas I'm, like, really bad at seeing any episode of any TV show. I'm just really bad at catching up on those. So, obviously, the Twilight Zone has all this, like, all these episodes that I have not caught up on. But my favorite one is the episode, I don't remember what it's called, but it's the one where um, you see like all these like nurses and stuff and they're like caring for this one woman and they're like oh like how could you know she's so ugly and how could she ever stand to look like that and stuff like that and then it's kind of revealed that they all look like pig people and then she's like normal and I think I don't know I always like that episode because it kind of reminded me that like beauty and like stuff like that is very relative and very like a cultural thing and it can be changed and it can be you know whatever you want it to be you know because obviously, you know, the actress in the Twilight Zone episode looked like, you know, you and I and everyone else had like this weird like pig face, but everyone was saying that she was so hideous just because she was different. Um, and I saw that at a really young age. So I guess it's kind of obvious why that would have like a huge impact, impact excuse me, on like a young girl. Um, mm -hmm. So I, that's my favorite episode. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think I've heard of that one before, because I know there's a few specific episodes that are, like, specifically really popular that, like, kind of everyone, even if you haven't seen the show, like, kind of know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's definitely my favorite one, I think. <laughs> From the ones that I've seen, I still have many more to watch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lots and lots more. Oh, yeah. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking with Merlene Sharp, the CEO of Pink Poodle Productions, actors Jake Harowitz and Sierra McCormick from The Vast of the Night, actors Milo Minham and Meg Donnelly on Zombies 2. And right now we're listening to Calista's interview with Sierra McCormick from The Vast of the Night. So in what ways did uh, The Vast of Night, even as someone who is not that experienced with The Twilight Zone, in what ways did it sort of remind you of that sort of style? Um, well, the time period does a lot of that, just because whenever you combine, you know, the 50s and, like, potential UFO, extraterrestrial, you know, everyone's going to think of that. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think the show purposefully plays on a lot of those tropes and those sort of, like, um, characteristic things about Twilight episodes, or essentially any of those, like, sort of old-school chamber drama, like, TV shows about, like, something supernatural or extraterrestrial. Um... And so, like, I think the, the movie purposefully, like, plays on a lot of those sort of, um, you know, like, tropes and ideas. And then I think that also um, it sort of, I don't know, it treats it very, it treats everything, the movie treats, you know, the time period and the subject matter, like, really, really seriously, which is interesting because sometimes, like, you know, a lot of movies that are, like, about that, it'll kind of be this very heightened, very, like, big sort of punchy um I guess thing which isn't bad but I thought it was really interesting you know reading the vast of night how it took this concept that could you know has been and could be like really you know overdone or overplayed and it like treated it it was like very it treated it in like a very grounded sort of way and that also like really attracted me to the movie in general and the script because you know it took this concept that I'd seen been done in this very sort of heightened fashion which isn't you know good or bad I've just seen it done that way and then taking it and you know doing this very different thing with it where you you know treat it very in this very grounded sort of like almost link later manner um and that's kind of how it was described to me by Andrew initially um and I, I don't know I think those things were you know very attractive and like very interesting and very new and different I hadn't read anything like that in a long time so Yeah, that's interesting. And um, I think it's interesting also that you pointed out the time period that the film takes place in. Because I personally, there are a few specific like historical aesthetics that like kind of really speak to me. And the Mm -hmm. 50s is definitely one of them. So would you say that like, do you enjoy doing period pieces and working with like older aesthetics and technology and the stories and that kind of environment? Actually, that's what drew me to the role also and the movie is because I hadn't gotten to do a period piece really ever. Um, This was my first one and I'd always wanted to do it and I'd always been super interested in history just for one and then also like film history and like, you know, portraying things that were, you know, in film and portraying different time periods and stuff like that. And so I had never gotten the opportunity to like really sink my teeth into like a very specific time period that wasn't like current. And so getting to do that was really, really fun. And I loved every single part of it, you know, including like the the outfit, the wardrobe, the makeup, like really adhering to those kind of um, standards and stuff for like costume and like makeup and hair. I really enjoyed that because it also helped me sort of really dive into like 
becoming Faye and sort of, you know, removing myself and like really like sinking into her like psyche and character. And a lot of that, you know, a lot of what helped me was putting on this like wardrobe that she would have worn and like wearing these glasses and like having my hair in a little ponytail and looking completely different from myself. Um, and so like, I would love any other opportunity to get to do that. It was like so fun and, you know, learning about all the different props and learning how to use them. That was also like half the fun on the shoot was learning and getting to like, look at all these amazing antiques that they sourced from, you know, all over the country. Um, it really just kind of gave me like an insight as to how all this technology worked. And I never knew about any of that before the movie. Um, and so I think it was like, at the same time, like super satisfying and also like an awesome, like kind of learning experience. I don't know. I would definitely do it again anytime. Yeah, that sounds really cool. And that was definitely one of my favorite aspects of the film because I like seeing that type of like aesthetic. And, um, you know, since you've now worked in a period piece, um, what kind of era would you want to do next if you were going to do another period piece? Oh, good question. Um, I'd love to do like a full on costume drama, like like dangerous liaisons, like something like ridiculous where I get to be like in full, like hoop skirt, corset, the whole deal. Like I would love to do something like that just cause I love fashion and style and just like garments, clothing, you know, in general. And so that time period would be so much fun for me to get to like visit as a character, just getting to wear those clothes. And, you know, I just think that that would be really, really fun and really, really challenging for me. Yeah, that sounds super cool. And uh, so thank you so much for this interview, Sierra. This was a lot of fun. Totally. Thank you, Callista. You're like super smart. I wish I was like oh. able to be, you know, interviewing people and talking, you know, movies with people the way you are when I was your age. So Aww, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Ethan Purston from the Sunshine State, Florida. And you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by... Llama Llama Best Summer Ever on DVD. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www www.kidsfirst.org Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh. Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. 
welcome back. I'm your host. You are listening Kirsten, to Kids First Coming Attractions. Coming Attractions. Today we're talking. We've been talking with, with Marlene Sharp Kerowitz of Pink Poodle Productions, from the Vast Jake Harowitz and, and Sierra McCormick from the Milo Vast of Night, and next we'll Meg be Donnelly to Zoe's on Zombies Two with actress and now Milo Mannheim. We're listening to Kristen's interview with Marlene Zombies Sharp, too. the CEO of Pink Poodle well, Productions. I'm Zoe Canella, reporting for Kids First, and today I have the awesome Let's take a break. I'm your host, Ethan Kirsten from the Sunshine State, Florida, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's We're show amazing. is sponsored by Llama Llama Best be Summer Ever on DVD. Um, yeah, I loved Zombies and Zombies 2. I felt like it was such a success and everything. Hey, so welcome back. Your I'm your host, Ethan Purston, and you're listening to back. Kids First Coming Attractions. I think, um, We've been talking so with Marlene Sharp, the CEO um, of Pink Pool Productions, and next we'll be listening to Callista's interview with Jake Harowitz from The Vast of Night. And... I think just spending time you with were them, listening to kids first coming Israel, attractions. Like both of them today so we're talking just with Marlene Sharp, the CEO of Pink Poodle Productions, actors Milo Minham and Meg so Donnelly so on Zombies Two. Yeah. And right now we're, we're listening to Callista's interview the, with actor Jake Harowitz from The you know, Vast of Night. Time running through the city. Let's take a break. I'm your host Ethan Person from Florida, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Llama Llama. Best summer this ever on fun, DVD. Yeah. Um, so in Zombies 2, werewolves and humans, they kind of have to work together. And um, I know Addison is like all for this Hey, idea. welcome back. I'm your host, um, Ethan Purston, and so you're listening to Kids First Come Attractions. For people now, We've been talking with Marlene um, Sharp, the CEO of Pink Poodle now, Productions, and oh, actor yeah, I mean, Jake Harowitz from The Vast of Night. And next, we'll be listening to Callista's interview with Sierra McCormick from The Vast of Night. You were listening to Kids what's First Coming Attractions. To you, Today, we're talking with... Marlene Sharp, the CEO of Pink Poodle Productions, actors Jake Harowitz and Sierra McCormick from The Vast of the Night, actors Milo Manham and Meg Donnelly on Zombies 2. And right now we're listening to Callista's interview with Sierra McCormick from The Vast of the Night. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Ethan Purston from the Sunshine State, Florida, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Llama Llama Best Summer Ever on DVD. And Zombies um, 2, they both have a lot to do with music, and there's like a lot of singing and dancing scenes. So how is it filming all of that? Incredible. The most fun thing ever. Is it not, Meg? You want to take it? It's incredible. I mean... Milo and I grew up like huge theater nerds and like that's why we bonded so well because we just love musical theater and dancing and singing and acting. Um, so it was just really, it was very, the first movie, we were both terrified because yeah. it was like our first like big thing and especially for Disney Channel, like it was a dream come true for both of us. Um, but, you know, just like hopping in there and just like going back to our theater roots and just having a blast, like it just felt like se second nature. Especially Chris Scott, he was incredible, like just like making us feel so comfortable. So, um, yeah, it's great. Totally. I mean, it, it's it's definitely hard. Don't get me wrong. The days are long. But if you find the people that love to do it and you put them together and you put them in one huge room and have them dance and sing along together, forget it. It's going to be the most fun time ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's funny because I was obviously not in the movie, but whenever I'm like with a friend um, and we're bored at a sleepover or something, the first thing we would think of is to watch a movie on Disney. And then we would watch Zombies too. And like, we would love looking at all the music scenes and like dancing along with you guys. Meg, I know you're learning Japanese with this quarantine. I think that's so cool. I'm actually learning French on Duolingo. I mean, hey. it's fun. So are you guys <laughs> learning any other languages? 
just Japanese for me. I don't know about Milo. I'm, I, I feel like I used to know Spanish so much better than I do now. I used to take Spanish in school and, you know, I used to have uh, a person staying with me who spoke Spanish fluently. So I used to be a lot better at it, but I feel like I've just lost it and it's just dissolved because I don't speak it that often anymore and I don't I refresh my memory. So I got to do that. Yeah, no, it's so hard, especially because I'm Latina and um, I speak Spanish, but at school, no one speaks Spanish. So it's like hard to keep up with like yeah, learning totally. a language, like when you can't really speak it and it's only at home. Um, totally understood. Yeah. I mean, that's why we're learning because I feel like there's so many people, especially in Southern California that speak it that I feel like I'd be able to communicate with better if I learned how. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're with actors Jake Harowitz and Sierra McCormick from The Vast of Night, Marlene Sharp of Pink Poodle Productions, and right now, we're listening to Zoe's interview with actors Milo Minham and Meg Donnelly on Zombies 2. And um, Meg, I know you released a song. That's awesome. And um, yeah, so what comes first in right now in your career? Like, are you more focusing on acting or singing or like a combination? Uh, that's a good question. Yeah, I try to balance both of them as much as I can. Um, but in this quarantine, since, you know, um, I have no idea when um, movies, TV, etc. is going to be open again. Um, it's really easy to do music, like doing like Skype sessions. So right now, currently in this moment, I've been focusing on music more just because um, it like I can do it. But with acting and everything, um, that's not open yet. So but when I can do both, I try to balance both as much as I can. Um, yeah. Um, Milo, I know you're an only son. I'm an only child. So did that kind of bring you um, a lot of imagination? Because imagination is a huge part of, I think, of the film. Because, like, you have to imagine everything, like the zombies, the werewolves. So did okay. that help you at all? Yeah, I mean, luckily, my mom, she's an actress as well. So growing up, I'm really happy that it was just us two because she would always take me to set. Um, because, you know, she's a single parent. I'm an only child. So I didn't really have anywhere else to be other than on set with her growing up. So I was able to be raised on the set of the show that she was working on and see how it all worked behind the scenes. And yeah, I totally think that being an only child has contributed to my extensive imagination. I also think that it's part of my, partially my mom, you know, just giving me, allowing me a place to use my imagination. And I'm grateful for her for that. And I'm grateful that you know, everybody encourages creativity in my life and they don't push it away. Do you have any siblings? No, I'm the only child too. Hey. Oh, me and Meg are basically that. siblings though. We're, we're, yeah. we're just that close. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. I grew up pretty much with me and my mom and um, I feel like imagination is like such an important part of everything if you think about it. So, yeah. um, you guys have accomplished... I still have, like, my imagination still runs wild now. No. I talk to myself all the time. <laughs> I'm just going to help it. Don't push it away. No. And you guys have accomplished so much. It's crazy. Um, at such a young age. So what do you think is, like, the hardest part of being an actor when you're successful and, like, popular in Disney Channel? All right, I'll take it. Uh <laughs> You know, when it when it first all happened to me, it really didn't affect me too much because when I was doing, uh, when I booked this thing, Zombies, I was already at high school and I had already established some of my friends, so nothing really changed for me. When I went to college, that's when it all sort of happened for me and I was meeting new people and I was like, whoa, I am this person that people are going to want to meet. And it, 
it made me take a step back, but it's, you know, also given me so many opportunities to do so many amazing things that I would have never have been asked to do. But um, it's definitely something that I'm aware of constantly. And I want to make sure that I'm responsible with it as well, you know, because great power comes great responsibility, even though I don't have great power. I just have. So <laughs> <much power. laughs> what about you, Meg? Oh, um, just in general, I think the hardest challenge when you're like um, young and you're in the entertainment business is like balancing a social life with work. Um, because when I was younger and I was auditioning all the time, there'd be like parties and like friends would invite me over to their house. And a lot of times I had to be like, oh, I have to audition. Um, and also theater kids, I think, understand that. Like, sorry, I have rehearsal. Yeah. Um, but um, so like that's definitely challenging. But if it's something you love and it's something you're super passionate about, then it's so worth it because in the end, like that's what's most important. All your friends should understand that. So it, it's great. But I think that's the hardest challenge, like being young and being in the business. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you guys so much for talking with me. I had such a great time. Um, I hope thank you guys you. too. Um, yeah. <laughs> You're awesome. Before we go, can I have a quick photo? Of yeah. Course. Let's do it. I gotta make sure my hair looks good. <laughs> All right. You ready? Yes. Three, two, one. Okay. <laughs> Yay. Awesome. Amazing. It was nice meeting cool. you. Nice meeting yeah, you. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First Film Critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for more of our reviews on Press for Kids, kidsworld.com, Kidsville News, and more. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by Llama Llama Best Summer Ever on DVD. This is Ethan Purston signing off. Goodbye. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode, and tune in again next week.